Hey, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be here with you. And uh, hopefully our listeners are still alive and you know didn't fall asleep on the last podcast. You know, we always worry about your health, guys. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, good to be back with another... It was good to be back home after our week in California, although I do kind of miss the weather down there. It was nice. It was fun. I got a lot of... I had a good time. I, I did. It was It was, you know still sifting through some photos but uh, definitely came away with some um, newfound appreciation for uh, control configuration layouts and stuff with, with yeah. these modern cameras it's tough i always like getting out in the field shooting it's, combine that with some fish tacos and you're set right there you go right it's it's That's all the formula it, it works it, it definitely works um so this week um was there any Anything new that's come out recently that we should bring up or are we just going to go off and talk about our topic today? Cause I can't remember if there's been anything announcement wise. I think most of those are been out for a while now. Yeah. Yep. I can't uh, think of yeah anything I, big. Right. It's just kind of stuff was going on. Cause was it, was it CES? The consumer electronics show was going on recently. Um, there were some things announced there, but not shows have really much. changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They really have. So they we'll really see. used to be the focal point for companies to get out the word on new stuff. And now it all comes out well before that, either through official channels or rumor websites or whatever. It's, yeah, it's just a different media. business. Yeah, yeah. The announcements really, you don't have to wait to go to the show anymore. No, I think the pandemic kind of killed them off in a lot of ways too. Yeah, not saying they don't exist, but they're not what they used to be. Well, those shows tend to be for businesses and reps to get together rather than consumers. Yeah, to to go to anyway. So very was, much so. You know, so if you were a camera shop, you would send your representatives to whatever show so that you would see the new stuff and talk to the camera uh, reps themselves and, and maybe mm -hmm. get to handle new products as they were coming out. Cause you were going to be selling them. And that makes, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about three legged objects of, of affection or love hate relationship, or that is our tripods. And it's been a while since we talked about tripods and it's in, it's an evolving market. Um, we talked about, how to pick a tripod really a long time ago. Most of the rules are still valid, but the choices have gotten larger. The market has changed, you know, without a doubt. Um, especially if we go back to when we first started this podcast, it's oh, gosh, wildly yeah. different because of the introduction of Chinese made, uh, carbon fiber tripods, which didn't exist when we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, and they've improved a lot of over time. But I th before we get to that, let's just talk about um, some more generic features. That yeah, are independent of the company or where what country it comes from. And let's back up a little bit even mm -hmm. more, okay? Because why do you even want one at, at all these days with all the fancy stabilized lenses and, you know, mm -hmm. camera bodies? And because for a lot of people, tripods are kind of a, a boat anchor. They really can make you struggle in the field if you have to set your tripod down and not to mention carry it with you. Um, yeah. So you have to ask yourself, why do you even want a tripod? And, you know, there are some really 
important scenarios in which having a tripod will deliver you results that you just couldn't get handheld. The simplest one, of course, is in lower light situations where if you're on a tripod, you can use a longer exposure and hence a lower ISO and you get a cleaner image. I'm just mm -hmm. landscape photography where detail is important and you don't want to be shooting landscapes at 6,400 ISO all the time. I mean, you do not. And even if you could shoot a landscape at, let's say, ISO 1000, and it might look okay, unless you're going for the snapshotty look, as soon as you really start manipulating that image for shadow detail and stuff like that, it'll it'll get noisier, mm -hmm. and you'll really lose some detail that you want. If it's a social media post, who cares? Right. But if it's something that you know you're going to print or whatever. It's a different thing. I, I think also, you know, just you talking about the landscape stuff, you know, we've talked in the past about how foreground control can be important and makes a, make a shot much more interesting. It can be very difficult hand-holding a camera, even with stabilization, when your foreground is, you know, couple feet away or whatever mm -hmm. and and you're right. trying to position it carefully you know so it doesn't you know do weird things with the horizon or the sky or well it's just hard that just brings up another use case um which would be close-up photography mm -hmm. where it's almost impossible to hand hold uh because your depth of field is so shallow your focus plane is so shallow and the tiniest movements will throw you out of focus You'll get tired of doing it in a hurry. Right. So tripods will help you there. Tripods also help um, with very large lenses, right? Um, when, when you're talking about using the old school 400, 500, 600 F4, right? Mm -hmm. Th those lenses really, really required some kind of support because it would just be too tiring to, to hand hold them. And that's still the case. Even with some of these um, newer lenses, they're still a little bit heavy. They're, they're mm -hmm. not necessarily things. Now there's alternative sports. You could talk about using monopods and that kind of stuff. But, you know, traditionally when I would do birding workshops, it meant bringing my big tripod because I was going to throw on a 500 at one point, even a 600 millimeter lens. Uh, and you just needed that with a, you know, with a, something like a gimbal head to just be able to use it. Mm -hmm. Sitting in those blinds in Texas, like we did all those years ago, going back to 2006, Right. You definitely wanted to have a tripod because it meant it was supporting your camera while you waited for the birds to show up. Hand holding yeah. would not yeah. have been an option. Oh gosh. It would have been miserable. Instead we were quite comfy. Yeah. And it was easy. Uh, so, so those are, those are scenarios in which and a there, tripod is useful. And there's, there's some special tricks that are made easier with tripods, you know, shooting exposure brackets and doing blends is a little bit easier on a tripod. Mm -hmm. Where you, you don't want get the away, camera to move between yeah, shots. Yeah, you can get away with hand-holding if you're careful, but it's easier on a tripod. Mm -hmm. And then focus bracketing, same same comments. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I would also say if you want to do anything, and this goes to the landscape piece a little bit, but if you want to get any sort of creative photography with long exposures, in most cases, you need a tripod. And if you're going to do a long exposure, that isn't an abstract, you know, camera shake type of thing, you mm -hmm. definitely need a tripod. And I think we talked about in a, an earlier episode, how we like to bring a travel tripod 
when we're going on a tour, even if, or on a trip, even if you're not shooting with the tripod, most of the time, there's stuff you can shoot towards the evening where having a tripod really makes the quality of your images, um, so much better. And then doing things like cars, lights streaking by uh, things like that, where a tripod becomes an absolute essential tool. And I'll just throw out something completely different too. Um, portrait photography where you're using a flash off camera, which is what you really want to do. Um, it's made a whole lot easier if you can put the camera on the tripod and hold the flash with your hand, you just don't have quite enough hands to get by normally and comfortably. If you're going to handhold, unless you've got an assistant or light stands, I mean, yeah, light stands, but, but but yeah, it adds to the overhead. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are all good, good uses. So tripods, um, even though we don't always like to use them, they're still very much a necessary accessory, uh, for the kind of, uh, photography that we enjoy, which which Mm -hmm. borders on sort of the fine art side, if you wanted to put it in a category, whether it's landscapes or travel or whatever. So, so you decide it's time to, to buy a tripod, right? <laughs> so here we go into the questions of what kinds of things should you be looking for? And I think, how about we do this in sort of a rapid fire mode? Yeah. Well, just because, for fun. because so here's the first better. We'll just say everything, you know, usually when we talk about getting a tripod, we're talking about getting one that isn't flimsy because what you'll end up with is you'll discover very quickly it doesn't work or it actually makes things worse and you should have just bought a more expensive tripod and nobody ever likes the idea of spending big dollars on a tripod. It just doesn't seem like it's that complicated of a thing. I I get it. I get it. On the other hand, it's the kind of accessory that you can buy one time and 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 last you for 20 years. Buy one at Walmart. Okay. We've seen that. Or, or target. Let's just be or fair. Or target, yeah, to be whatever. fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, equal opportunity. It, trash. No, those, those will those never trash. be. They will never be good. They will be like made of plastic and really lightweight aluminum. They might not just weigh much. Horrible. But they'll blow over in the wind. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about if you want a real tripod. Uh, and then you alluded to something earlier. You don't have to break the bank anymore to get a good tripod. No. And that's what's really different now than it was five, 10 years ago. But let's first go down our rapid fire list right. of things to think about. And then we'll talk about countries Great. and companies and, you know, there are a bunch of choices and, mm-hmm. and rough price points. So load capacity. That's huge. That's... The one thing I'll say, though, is you can't really compare load capacities across brands because they calculate it very differently and it can be very misleading Mm -hmm. and a cheap one that's rated at 60 pounds is not necessarily better than a really good one rated at 30 pounds the one that's rated at 30 pounds in fact might be more stable but if you use them across a certain brand it'll give you a sense of relative capacity and higher is better capacity and rigidity they're they're related right and unfortunately you you only have the one number right you don't buy a tripod with a 45 pound load capacity because you're trying to plant to put 45 pounds of gear on it you you buy a tripod with a 30 or 40 pound load capacity because you're going to put 
15 or 20 pounds of gear on it and it needs to stay rigid. So you want that load capacity to be higher than all of the things you put on that tripod, which includes your camera, the lens, and the tripod head. Which better hold that same capacity right. more or less. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's an important feature to look at. So if you can find these cheap tripods, but they might only have a load capacity of 10 pounds, it's not going to be enough for you. Right. Um, what the, the also thing is the size, the dimensions, the height, um, mm-hmm. and the length. So one, one is how high does the tripod get when you maximally extend it? And this can be with or without a center column, which is another feature, right? But you, you definitely want to have a tripod that's tall enough um, so that, you know, I'm six feet tall mm-hmm. and a tripod that only goes to 50 inches, you know, uh, that's, you know, it's going to be like feet. That's for both two, of us. That's two feet shorter. I'm going to be leaning over the entire time. I don't want that tripod. I want one that's going to go to at least 60 inches or so, you know, five feet. And then and, you start adding. Here's on what it. I would say. If I'm, if this is a tripod that I'm going to use for landscape stuff, I want it to go higher than that. Yes. I want it to go above my head. And the reason is not to shoot that way, but when I'm on uneven ground on the side of a hill, I'm going to need at least one of the tripod legs, preferably two mm-hmm. to go way down because they're going to have right. to be hitting ground. that's potentially at least another foot below what the, leg on the other side will have to do exactly so i i really like the extra long tripods typically four section ones for landscape work right so the number of sections you just bring that up that's a that that's um a personal preference the the more sections they they will be more compact when you fold them up uh but they sometimes come at the expense of rigidity and mm-hmm. so there, there's an, a, a, there's a case where you, you kind of get what you pay for, you know, a higher end four section tripod, um, because that, that folded length is important. If you're going to ever have to put this tripod into a suitcase or your luggage for travel, it's got to fit. Mm-hmm. And, and so some of the longer three section tripods, which, you know, which are great, um, but they just, they, they might be too long for your, your travel suitcase yeah. might not fit in it. Um, and then you mentioned like putting out the legs, you know, on uneven ground. What about leg spread options? Mandatory. You know, there's in my the, opinion, there's an old line of really cheap tripods that have that center brace. Oh, uh, and they're like for video or you know whatever. Yeah, don't don't get one of those for still photography. It, it, it's absolutely awful because you'll need to if you're doing any kind of outdoor stuff, you're going to need to spread those legs independently of each other and adjust them, you know, different heights. And just one quick little pro tip: if you're doing that and putting the tripod down on the ground with the legs spread, don't have the legs extended; <laughs> right. have them collapsed. Right. Because otherwise, it, it'll be just like this little flexible platform you right. can go bouncy 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 <laughs> you know what uh, i mean exactly um and and that to that point you can look at the specs and see how low a tripod will go um to see how low to the ground you can actually open up those legs and get it to lie mm-hmm. almost flat in some cases yeah um, that's that's common and then you just have to think about the height of your head and camera assembly and right how you now that brings up work. another point um, that's on our little list. What about center columns? 
Because I can tell you, if you got a center column that's that's all the way down, you, you don't You're not set your low. tripod to go uh, all the way to the ground anymore. It's going to be off the ground. It has to be. So some center columns are removable. Sometimes yep. they can convert from a standard length column to a short column. Um, sometimes you can just get a tripod without any column at all. It just has a platform on top, which is, I think, the kind that we generally gravitate towards ourselves. And unless I'm using a, a travel tripod, that's absolutely my preference is no center column. It just makes it all easier. And, and you will find tripods, especially cheaper ones, where they want you to invert the column and shoot with the, the camera uh, underneath the platform and the camera yeah. underneath. It is so awkward and miserable. Don't do that. Right. It maybe sounds once. like if you have to do like it once, a maybe. good idea. Not a, it's not a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, but we'd like to, in, in some uh, tripods, you can take the center column out and get a replacement plate or something. Some just come this way. Yeah, that's great. Um, the nice thing about those is, again, if you want to shoot low angle stuff, you can spread them out flat on the ground and, you know, and there is no extra height added. The other thing about center columns, and this is a cautionary tale, a really long center column on a short tripod is a lot less stable than a tall tripod with no column. Right. Uh, just because it's more like a monopod. Yeah. And they work in a pinch. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think we right. both have travel tripods that are like that, where you need that extra height because you're gaining the height from the center column that you're giving up in the length of the legs being a small right. compact tripod, but I don't use my travel tripod for regular field work. And since I've had, beefy columnless tripods blow over on me in the wind. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I would take something with a long center column in that same situation would be really treacherous. Right. Now the last little thing on our quick hitting list, um, you can also look at the, I should suppose you can look at the size and the weight, how heavy the tripod are, is some mm -hmm. of that's going to be driven by the material carbon versus aluminum and then even within carbon sometimes there's lighter for you know stronger heavier tubes for certain beefier uh, mm -hmm. construction um but you know the that we'll talk about that in a second but but what about the um the leg locks themselves so you have these sections right and you got to extend them oh yeah uh, um, and and they they come in two flavors right rick uh, I believe so. Right. That's the, the ones we've seen. <laughs> they come in the, there's the, the, the old school lever locks, which are just a little flip lever. And they're pretty easy to use in general. They're pretty quick. They're, they're pretty quick. And they then there's break. Yeah. And they can pin the field, they can cat, which has happened them. to me in the past. Yeah. So the ones that we like are actually called twist locks. Mm-hmm. And they've been around for quite some time. And if you get a good tripod, look for a feature where the legs do not rotate when you're twisting the right. So, and this is a, uh, this is not a new invention, but it was, there was a time 20 plus years ago where you'd have twist locks, but the leg columns would rotate on themselves and made it really annoying when you're trying you, to, you had to know about which sequence to use. Yeah. And so know, for extending or collapsing, but right. So but that's my preference or the, the, the twist locks. Yeah. I, I like them. And a lot of them have gotten much better. You don't have to, really unscrew them that far to use. No. And, and they've, they've really made a lot of progress. And you mentioned carbon fiber versus aluminum. And I know we both tend to gravitate towards carbon fiber. Why is that? Well, they're lighter in weight. 
um, which is a big thing. The other thing is that um, if you're shooting in really cold weather, which we do on occasion, given where we live, your hands don't freeze as much as they do on a metal tripod. Metal tripods will just suck the heat out of your body. Um, I'll give a third version reason though now, and it would have been different 20 or 30 years ago. All the better tripods are made of carbon fiber in general. Mm-hmm. There's some exceptions, but not many. The so industry very... has kind of migrated that mm-hmm. way entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas, and, and, and there's some, some options that won't completely blow up your, your, uh, your credit card. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now one thing I would say is if I were shooting in a studio, this was a studio tripod. I think what I would do is find myself one of the old aluminum get so tripods that were beautifully built, incredibly stable. And you don't care about the weight in right. a studio. You could almost make the argument. It's better to have a little bit there. more weight because it'll get you more stability. Yeah. If you're not carrying it in the field, it's much less of an issue. Right. And um, you're not going to worry about them feeling cold if you're inside somewhere. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, they still get cold, but it's not nearly as bad no, no, no. As, as an aluminum tripod. Dramatically so, better. So those are, those are some of the things. Now, when we look for tripods, we typically uh, will look for ones that do not include a head. It's just the tripod legs themselves with that center column or platform or whatever it has. And then you bring your own ball head or whatever kind of head to the, to the table. And, and, and that that's for a couple reasons. I, I think that um, you, it's, you can find quality um, ball heads of different sizes and shapes that fit the load and the, the use case that you might have, you might need a, a low profile one, or maybe you want a really big beefy one. So being able to have some, some say on that um, is really helpful. Now we both use ball heads. We don't use those old school pan tilt heads anymore. Um, I haven't used one of those. In, Nor do we use in, fluid heads or fancy right. geared ones, just yeah. normal ball heads. Right. And for most photography, that's actually ideal. That's the best kind of thing. It gives you a lot of flexibility and we, we get them to have a panning base. So you unlock the bottom and they pan, mm-hmm. and then you can just use the, the ball on top and they're very useful. Um, and we like to use ball heads that include a clamp that uses the Arca Swiss type of, um, clamp. So you need a plate on your camera or lens to attach it rather than screwing something into the tripod like you used to do in the old days. Yeah. And there's some other, uh, alternatives, you know, for quick release platforms, but they're just not as good. I would strongly recommend getting one that uses the Arca Swiss system and, and the prices on those um, have really come down a lot. So they're, they're, they're affordable. Yeah. A lot of manufacturers are realizing that that's probably where they should invest there and they'll make an Arca Swiss compatible, um, ball head, um, mm-hmm. for, for that. And then you can get into things like, do you like screw locks or lever locks? And I like the lever clamps. Those are easier mm-hmm. to use, but you know, there's reasons for, for all of them. Um, the, the screw knob clamps give you more control over if your plates are slightly different sizes that they're not they're not so picky about the, the, the width of the dovetails on the Arca Swiss plates and you can crank them down more. Yeah. Um, but you know, those, those are all of the, the ideas. So, um, a few other, uh, yeah. So do you want to talk about, you know, the, the options out there? Um, 
you know, there was a time, <laughs> you know, a long time ago, uh, I'm talking like 2004 where you know, we went on a trip and uh, we, with a bunch of photographers and you had the group that had good tripods. And then you had the group that had the people who had the cheapy tripods. And we came back the next year and everybody who'd been on that group had bought the good tripods. But we still see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We still see that these days. And, you know, people with very nice sets of equipment, great cameras, nice lenses, big lenses, horrible, horrible, horrible tripods. And it, it just frustrating you to watch them suffer you know, usually by the end of the workshop, they, they want to throw the thing off a cliff or something. Yeah. I mean, I've had clients Stay away come from back. Those. Okay. I learned my lesson. I went out and got a good tripod. And yeah. yes. So, so it used to be that that meant spending quite a few bucks. I mean, the, it was going to be seven, $800 sometimes for a tripod, even more in some cases, right. depending on the size. And certainly there still are those very expensive options out there. Um, but the good news is, is that starting around 2006, we started to see at some of these trade shows, when, back when we were going to trade shows for mm -hmm. various reasons, um, we started to see some Chinese uh, manufacturers making knockoff carbon fiber tripods. And when I say knockoff, I mean, they were kind of copying. They were pretty much clones initially of Kitsos. Right. And Gitso is a well-respected um, mm -hmm. tripod brand forever. And that's actually what I still have. And they're not cheap. Um, but if I were buying a tripod today, you've got a lot of really good choices that absolutely will not destroy your bank account. No. And they're, they're I think when I last counted, they were exactly one bazillion brands. That's your uh, accurate. Yeah. Is that your accurate assessment? My, my theory is they come out of probably two Chinese factories could be um, wouldn't be surprising and and you know i don't have extensive use with those so i i can't say yeah it's great it'll last you forever or it'll last you for a year and it'll kind of fall apart i really can't but i know they've improved quite a bit um you and i both shot with some little tiny leo photo um, ground tripods when we were in san diego for some duck photos and those worked well i'd had mine a little bit longer it was 88 bucks on Amazon. I know it was, and it was perfectly stable and it came with spiked feet. If you I wanted. cannot complain about it's a, it. It's a, it's, it's not the lightest thing, but it's carbon fiber and it worked great. Yeah. No and if complaints. you were looking for a tabletop low tripod that can hold that kind of load, it was actually pretty darn good mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sub a hundred dollars. Wow. That was, that was kind of crazy. It was amazing. And I've, Just I've amazing. tried out some, some ones in the past um, that I evaluated brands like Oban, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how to say it. Shree. Um, I won't try. Fun, yeah. Every once in a while I, I look up how to actually pronounce it correctly and, and it hurts my head. It fails miserably. It's not someone who, uh, easy for someone who speaks English. Faisal, um, th they all make pretty good tripods and, you know, and, 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 and these can be had with good carbon fiber construction and, and good machine work, you know, for it under $500, some will be three fifty. you know, if we're talking carbon fiber tripods, you're going to probably spend $300 to get in the game. And then you're going to have to buy a ball head probably to put with it. Some of them, like I said, they do come with ball heads. I have found the ball head issue to be a lot less reliable 
when they have these built-in things or they come with the ball head and you'll probably regret that and want to just buy your own anyway. Yeah. So, um, and you can spend a ton of money on a ball head, but you can also get very good ones. Um, if, if you do these, the higher end quality is, you know, the prices seem to go up exponentially and there's some $1,200 tripods out there. And I have no question that they are built wonderfully and just excellent tolerances on the machine mm -hmm. work and smooth corn. You know, you're not going to have any raggedy bits anywhere. It's going to be impeccable construction and they'll probably last you a lifetime. I'm not kidding. They'll last you 20, yeah. 20, 30, you know, it could very well be the last tripod you ever buy, presuming that it, it's the, it's the rig you have. But then we get into this other problem, right? Um, you know, what's good enough? <laughs> where should you go? There was a time where the difference between the knockoffs or the, 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 the Chinese made, if you want to call them that, whatever, the quality difference was noticeable. And you may be running into situations where things may come apart in the field on you. And the difference right. between that and that $800 tripod was pretty significant, but it's less so now I would think. Yeah. At it, least with some. Yeah. Like, like we were hopefully clear about, we do not have extended shooting time with those tripods, but we talked to enough people who own them and have used them for a while to know that they seem to be pretty good. Yeah. So the 90% solution is usually, what you want to strive for if you're being practical and mm -hmm. right now that's where the 90 percent solution lies is with mm -hmm. those four to you know approximately 400 something dollar tripods which is still less than i paid China. for my gitzos back in the day yeah because everything's you, gone up it, it used to be that to get carbon fiber you were automatically paying a premium and you still do but it's worth it it's it's worth it now right um because of the size weight you know, the whole thing, the rigidity is better and, and they're making good ones They're They really are. One, one tripod that I'll mention quickly because uh, it, people's reactions to it vary a lot. Um, the before you design, do this, yes, I want to bring something up cause I want to lead into this. With, before sure. You sure. Sure. Um, do you need more than one tripod? Yeah. And this is, and right. And this is where we get down that. It's like saying, more. do you need one more than one bag? I was going to say, <laughs> um, but there's the tripods that I have for like landscape photography where I'm traveling and maybe it's lar larger. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm driving my car rather than, or rather than flying. And then there's tripods where I really just want to have a tripod available to me when I'm traveling, like in a city, mm -hmm. like when I leave my workshops where we do, or, you know, the travel, the photo tours, and you want to be able to go out and shoot longer exposures at twilight and that stuff. It's good to have a tripod, but it's also good to have a small one. <laughs> and so right. you don't want to lug around this monstrosity. Um, so travel tripods, if you're going to have more than one, a travel tripod might be your second. Yes. Next one to consider. Cause you can yes. have all kinds of different sizes, right? But, um, that would be the thing. Now, specifically, this brings you brings us to the one that you wanted to mention, which you haven't. And, and it's just because I see such mixed feelings about it, including my own. It's the Peak Design Travel Tripod, which many people rave about and they love it. Um, I have one, and I've not used it much because, to me, it's just the most plasticky thing on the planet, and mm -hmm. it's got the plastic flip block levers and mm -hmm. i don't know it 
I Peak don't Design enjoy in general it. makes things we like. So we're not I love their we're, products. Right. We're not here to to, to knock them. Great uh, bags and straps and everything. They truly do. But that tripod I have mixed feelings on. Truly do. But it works. And like you said, for many people it may be the ideal ninety percent solution. Yeah, I, I don't think I would recommend it for someone that did a lot of landscape stuff and things like that. No, but for really travel, just for travel, right? For for but, for that specific niche of travel photography, a small like I have a Gitzo Traveler and it folds up onto itself and it's got a center column. It's not the biggest thing, but it holds my rig. <laughs> it holds what I need. It's strong enough to, um, and it's not that tall, but it works and it works when I'm when I was setting up shooting blue hour in Amsterdam or when mm -hmm. I was, you know, in, in places where I wanted to do long exposures. Um, it's absolutely fine. I wouldn't bring it out to photograph the badlands on a landscape safari. Um, no. if that's all I had, okay. But I'd be pretty, you, if you came on one of those landscape, you know, we did a photo safari on a landscapes where it's windy and whatnot. You would be very disappointed using a travel tripod. Most of the time you'd really wish you had something more yeah. sturdy. So that's where we'll go with that. Um, but there's, you know, like we mentioned, there's ground level tripods, there's tabletop tripods, there's a lot of things, but you know, you have to think about where am I going to use this? What's my use case? How often am I going to use this? Is it worth spending the money on or, you know, do you do something else? The, the most important thing is that however much you spend, it needs to be something you will use. So don't buy something that you're never going to use. You know, if it's too heavy, too big right. for you to carry around, that's a poor choice. If it's, you know, if you just don't like using it, right. that's a poor choice. Right. Well, they, you know, they do force you to shoot differently. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not always a bad thing. No. So, um, but we'll, we'll put a link out to some, some tripods that we've, um, you know, where you can start shopping if you're interested in getting in the market for a, a new tripod or, or your first tripod, whichever, um, we'll put it out there on our Facebook page yeah. uh, and it'll be with the, um, uh, in the blog, uh, on our, on my website too, with the, with the uh, podcast uh, listing. Mm -hmm. So it'll be in both places. All right. Well, um, I think that's all the time we've got for today. So let's um, uh, thank again, our listeners for listening and it's good to hear from you. So um, if you've got a topic, shoot us off a topic at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. And until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.